Are you ready, Ma and Christine? I'm ready, Aaron and Christine. Excellent. Well, let's go. Where are we going? This week we're going to California. I don't know. I think we're going to Pennsylvania, filmed in California. Oh, I think we might be going to Chicago. (laughs) I looked up setting for (laughs) Greece. I did too. It's in California. You said Pennsylvania? Well, my issue was, how did all those people with those accents end up in California? True. Well, there are a lot. I did some research, (laughs) and I found out that it was based on a town in Pennsylvania. Well done. I thought that it was based off of a... William Howard Taft School in Chicago. Well, listeners, we have a kerfuddle. (laughs) (laughs) We'll fight it to the end. (laughs) Okay, so it is based in a um, hometown in 19... Okay, um, we are doing Greece, Christine's pick. Mm-hmm. And we are, it is 1959, and Greaser, Danny Zuko, and Aussie, Sandy Olson, are in love. They spend the summer at the beach. Which, which I think like might be at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> when they go back to school, neither of them knows they both now attend Rydell High. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, the particulars. That was my intro. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Oh, where are they? All right. Did you see the boys? I just saw the boys. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> oh, wait. Before you do the particulars, I want to tell our listeners about our new drinking game. Oh, okay. Oh, very important. Yeah, because I have this really, when I listen back and I do for quality control, Um, I have this really annoying habit of going (gasps) a lot. So every time I do that, take a drink. (gasps) First one. Oh, cheers. Wow. Glad I have two. (laughs) All right. The particulars. So Grease was released on June 16th, 1978. Directed by Randall Kleiser. He also directed the TV film The Boy in the Plastic Bubble, starring John Travolta. This was his feature film debut. He also directed The Blue Lagoon, Flight of the Navigator, North Shore, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, and White Fang, to name a few. Hmm. Produced by Robert Stiegwood. He was a music manager. He managed Cream and the Bee Gees. He also produced the theatrical versions of Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar and the films Tommy, Saturday Night Fever, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, Gallipoli, Grease 2, Staying Alive, and Evita. And it was also produced by Alan Carr, who did Can't Stop the Music, Grease 2, Where the Boys Are, 84, and Cloak and Dagger. Screenplay by Bronte Woodard. He also did Can't Stop the Music, for which he won the Razzie for Worst Screenplay, (laughs) along with Alan Carr. It is based on the 1971 musical called Grease by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. This was their only production to make it to Broadway. 
Music by Michael Gibson. He was a musician, trombonist, and orchestrator. He worked with James Brown. He also did Broadway Steel Pier and the 98 revival of Cabaret. The director of photography is Bill Butler. He started his career uncredited on Deliverance and The Godfather. Then he shot The Conversation, Jaws, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <gasps> Numerous Rocky sequels. Oh, oh yeah. Here. Oh. Hot Shots, Stripes, Anaconda, and Frailty, to name a few. So this, wow. this is a bona fide dude. Edited by John F. Burnett, who also cut The Way We Were, Murder by Death, The Goodbye Girl, and Leap of Faith, to name a few. The cast, starring John Travolta as Danny Zuko. He was also in Carrie, Saturday Night Fever, then he did Grease, then after Grease, he did Urban Cowboy, Look Who's Talking, Pulp Fiction, Get Shorty, Primary Colors, Face Off, Hairspray, and a whole bunch of other movies. Mm-hmm. Olivia Newton. My favorite. He's my favorite. John Travolta? My favorite actor of all time. Yep. Wow. wow. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I had no yep. idea. Olivia Newton-John as Sandy. She was 29 when she filmed this. Mm-hmm. She was also <laughs> in Xanadu. <laughs> Sorry, folks, we just saw something on the camera that we weren't expecting to see. <laughs> That's hilarious. Xanadu, It's My Party, and Soared Lives. She was best known for, um, in 1974, she had a huge hit with Honestly, I Honestly Love You. And then after oh, yes. this film, she had a big hit with 1981's Physical, which I remember. We have because I used to get physical to it. <laughs> yeah, that was when Ma was in her. Uh, what were they? The leotards, and she would she was eat grapefruit for breakfast <laughs> and peanut butter toast, and she'd go to aerobics class. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Um, we have Stalker Channing playing Betty Rizzo. She was thirty three when she made this film, and she looked every bit of it. I was yeah. like, wow, she's. That's a woman there. <laughs> uh, she, she's best known for being Abby Bartlett on The West Wing. She was also uh-huh. in Six Degrees of Separation, The Fortune, Heartburn, First Wives Club, The Good Wife. She's she's uh, she's one of the great American actresses of her generation. We have Jeff Conway as Kanicki. He was in Pete's Dragon, Shadow of a Doubt, but he's also probably best known for his role in Taxi. He was also in Babylon 5. Um, he was also most recently on the, what was that? The Celebrity... What, what was it? The, I In my mind, I always call it the Celebrity Train Wreck, but it's it was the Celebrity Addiction Show. Rehab? Yes, thank you. Celebrity <laughs> Rehab. That's celebrity it. Celebrity Train Wreck. All the A-list celebrities end up there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, but Nerd Alert, he kind of ended up there because of a back injury that he sustained while filming Grease Lightning. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. 
Then we have Eve Arden. She played Principal McGee. She was also in Mildred Pierce, Anatomy of Murder, Stage Door. And in 1967, she won the Sarah Siddons Award. And we remember that from All About Eve. Yes. Because that's the award that a Chicago group of Chicago theater people started giving out based on the movie, the fictitious award that's in All About Eve. And In real life, she won it. And we have Sid Caesar. He was coach Vince Calhoun. And we know him from It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. He's most famous for his show, Your Show of Shows, which was a 90-minute weekly show that 60 million people a week watched. That's crazy numbers. Yeah, back when not everybody had television. Woo-wee. And we have Lorenzo Lamas. He was Tom Chisholm. He's famous from Falcon Crest, Renegade, The Bold and the Beautiful. He was also the stepson of Esther Williams. Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. I remember that now. And Frankie Avalon is Teen Angel. And he's known for his beach party movies with Annette Funicella and Uh Pajama Party and Beach Blanket Bingo and his two hits, Venus and Y, in 1959. And those are the particulars. Well done. Okay, well, I'm going to set the table of the first hour, but jump in with comments. (gasps) We will. (laughs) Where do I have some? Oh. Mm. Okay, so the the beginning is kind of, isn't it an homage to, um, what was that movie with Burt Lancaster and... From here to eternity. Yeah, because it's playing love is a many splintered thing and they're frolicking in the Mm. ocean. Which is the exact shore where they filmed from here to eternity. It is, um, I had it written down. I guess I'll get to, oh, the first scene, Leo uh, Carrillo, Leo Carrillo State Beach. Where they shot from here to eternity, that famous scene. Yes. That always makes me itchy. And, uh, yeah, there's sand where it shouldn't be. Crevasses of sand. Crevasses and such. And Sandy is saying it's the best summer of her life. And I did notice Danny's hair. How did it stay that way in all of that frolicking in the ocean? Grease. Ah, okay. I mean, salt water does really good things for your hair. I have added it to my daily hairspray. <laughs> there you go. So, um, and Danny is saying, Sandy, it's only the beginning. And Danny's just being like a regular dude there. Like like a nice guy. A square, okay. you mean? <laughs> I guess so. So, um... The next scene is the first day of school. Well, you skipped over the cartoon montage. I was going to say it was it was a cartoon montage of the credits, but it's the first day of school. I have a note about the cartoonist. Oh yes, because yes, um, it was by John D. Wilson, and he was known for storyboarding Peter Pan and the Lady and the Tramp. But he was most known for doing music videos on the Sonny and Cher show. Oh. 
We only looked into this because Adam said, is this the same guy that did Schoolhouse Rock? It's not. But <laughs> Oh, that was a good thought, though. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it really sets the scene. It puts you, because this movie came out in 78, so it puts you back in that nostalgia for the 50s. With a uh-huh. bunch of fifty Back stuff. when America was great and you didn't see a single person of color. Only one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, there's greasers there. And I said, I have a question. Does greaser come from because they always worked on cars or the grease in their hair? Both. Nerd alert. Okay. Mm. The 1950s. U.S. working-class youth and subculture were known as greasers. They were often Latino or Italian descent, so they were olive-skinned, urban, ethnic, lower class, They uh, known for their masculinity and delinquency. And, <laughs> and mm-hmm. since they, a lot of them were working-class and they were into cars and stuff, it had to do with the, the car grease, and also because of the way that they put grease in their hair. And it, it was huh. it was a pejorative term. It wasn't something that, um, I, you know, it was putting you down. You're a greaser, so you're poor, working class. It, and a lot of it had to do with the, the post-war boom. It was this these group of people who felt left behind. Hmm. Oh. Well, they felt left behind. Okay, well, this his his group of greasers were called the T-Birds, and they're all in front of the school. And Danny is smoking, and he's talking about um, his summer at the beach, and they all want to know if he got any action. <laughs> I did notice they said freaking A, which we all know that's not how it's really pronounced. <laughs> And um, Sandy is new to Rydell, and so Danny doesn't know that Sandy's coming, and Sandy doesn't know that's the school where Danny attends. And we meet Rizzo, who does look 30, so I was giving her three years. Well, when she first shows up, she's wearing the big black sunglasses. I'm like, oh, wow, she's hungover, right? I I wanted to be her, so... (laughs) badly <laughs> when this movie came or well not, not when it came out but when i started watching it i wanted to be rizzo so bad it turns out i was more of a jan but <laughs> <laughs> rizzo was goals for me she has the best part in the in the movie wait which really. one is jan oh she's the one check it check it check it the the nerdy one that's always oh. about, you know, calling her fat. Yeah, she was the one that they called. And she's she had, not fat. Not at no. all. She had the pe- the pigtails, right? And yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the, yeah. And then the guy was, um, oh, I see past your fatness, and I was like, wait, I what? Yeah, I know. Well, that's not one of my um, non-repeatables, but okay. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Me so, too. um, <laughs> I. They're in the office of the school, and the teachers are punching in, which was interesting. 
punching a time clock. And one of the people who works at the school goes, it's the first day of school. How many days till Christmas vacation? <laughs> that's how teachers feel on the first day of school. The bell rings and the T-birds are still in the hall. And they meet the principal and she's telling them to get to their, do they want to be banging erasers after school? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that was, mm-hmm. a th- that was a threat. So she comes on with the announcements and they're doing pranks in the hall. They're just, they're just bad. Just bad. And then she announces that national bandstand live, a live broadcast will be at their school. And um, so everybody's really excited about that national bandstand, um, also known as American bandstand. So um, Sandy is being introduced to the ladies, the girls, <laughs> ladies group, and they are the pink ladies. And Rizzo doesn't like her right away. Because Rizzo is as hard, hard as her 33 years. And <laughs> Sandy is sweet as the driven snow. Well, she's also a threat because she's blonde. She's rocking that exotic Australian accent. Yeah, she was. And yeah, and so Rizzo's like, oh man, great competition. Competition. So the T-Birds are in in the stadium talking about the new girl and there is a musical number. I called it Summer Levin. Does it have a different name? No, that's the same. That's the title. Okay. <laughs> and and it's a it's um a dual a duet? No, because No, it's like uh I don't I don't know the technical name. I don't know either. Like Sandy is singing with the girls and Danny is singing with the boys. They're singing the same song, but it's interspliced. Yeah, it's like intercut goes back and forth. Yes. It's yes. It's telling Danny's version is much more sexual and Sandy's version is much more oh he's the the boy of my dreams. Dreamy. And I, I thought the dancing in the bleachers was really good. That Oh seemed, it was. Oh that my seemed God. dangerous no. to me. This yeah. thing was shot fantastically. That's why I said who shot this? There were so many different camera moves and framing of shots where I bravo right excellent well so um they end up the the pink ladies and they're going what is the name of this dream guy that you and she goes danny zuko and everybody goes uh oh (laughs) i wrote pet rally next they're at a pep rally And somehow, I want to go to a pet rally. <laughs> no, you do. Somehow, Sandy's already a cheerleader. I mean, that's, that's okay. I said the same thing. How did she already make the cheerleading team? Because we was- went forward. Because this whole movie takes place over the course of the year. So instead of having it be like one month like, later, they went like all this time without her meeting Danny until like she made the cheerleading squad and still hadn't run into Danny. Right, that's what hanging I with the pink ladies. That's very unbelievable to me. Is he I that agree. much of a delinquent where he just showed up two days out of that month? Well, but that's you would a think, and also though, as is illustrated in a later scene, nothing in that school stays a secret. Right. Yeah. And um, okay. So it's football season. It's a it it's a 
football pep rally. Mm-hmm. So for her to be a cheerleader, didn't she have to try out? At, like, anyway. Yeah, but they skipped all that. Yeah, okay. Okay, then we meet Coach Coach Calhoun, who is Sid, Sid Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. Um, all through, the, there's a bonfire. Was there a bonfire? Well, I mean, there was a guy hanging in the background of the pep rally that was lit on fire. Oh. Which, I mean, not a guy, not a real guy. Oh, like okay. <laughs> I, I thought, wow, I really missed that. Was he black? <laughs> no, but I didn't notice this until Adam pointed it out. He was like, ooh, that doesn't um, reheat well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he was in effigy because he was the... Uh, it was the opposite team's yeah. mascot. The opposite team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so, could you do that today? Probably not. I, I don't not. think you're allowed to have fire anywhere near the school. We used to have a big, huge bonfire for um, homecoming, and that was like in the in the sixties and seventies, right? Yeah, yeah, that was when, like, we all listened to my favorite murder. We're very aware of what happened in the sixties and seventies. True. Okay. Well, the T Birds aren't participating in the pep rally. They're watching from their hot rods. Yeah, because they're not into sports. They're not. They don't. They're but not jocks. Would, would they have really gone? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. Unless the pink ladies went. But well, they true. and they probably where else would they go? They had three. They had the the soda fountain shop place. That's they, true. I think they just had. Yeah, they didn't have anything else to do. Exactly. Right. And the scorpions come by in a really souped-up hot rod. Yeah, that was fancy. And, and they're upset because this isn't their turf. The scorpions seem to be a lot better outfitted than the T-birds. I have a yeah, question. Yeah, they they're rich. The, so the, the scorpions are obviously the T-birds' chief rival gang. <laughs> are they also <clears throat> at the same school? So they also go to Rydell? I, I imagine they go to a different school. That's what I thought. Yeah, I so thought then, they probably went to the opposing football team's school. So then why were the Scorpions show up at the Rydell pep rally and be like, they're on our turf? You're outnumbered, Scorpions. They got all, it's the whole high school. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, it, the greasers, their car wasn't going to be able to catch up with them, so... Okay, well, the pink ladies have a surprise for Sandy, and that is they, uh, and Rizzo set this up Mm -hmm. so that Sandy sees Danny and Danny sees Sandy for the first time. And then Danny started with, Sandy! That was an, and um, then he realizes he's got to go back to his coolness factor. And Rizzo is thrilled because it was a mess. And Sandy's crying. And who is it that says to her, um, the only man a girl can depend on is her daddy? The one that went to beauty school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Frenchie. Frenchie. Frenchie, yeah. 
So the pink ladies are having a sleepover, which was a bit of a stretch to me, I thought. I didn't know that the pink ladies would have a sleepover. What else are the pink ladies going to do? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, they are 30. So... Uh, Rizzo is just messing around with Sandy. Um, they, they're they smoking and they have some rot gut wine that even a diffuser, I don't think, could help. <laughs> but it would help. It would do a miraculous it, job. It would have to help. And, and I would drink it. <laughs> I would. Frenchie uh, decides to pierce Sandy's ear. I had a friend who pierced my ear with the ice. Oh God! That, oh my God! Really? This yeah. made my this made my insides hurt. Yeah, the back of your that knees thing. hurt. And then when I yeah. went home, another my, part of my body. My, my mother <laughs> made my made me take them out, so I went through all that oh, pain no. for nothing. So when did you get your ears pierced? Um, I believe it was I was in college. Oh, it oh. I'm, I'm sandy to, on this. I went to oh, I went to McAlpin's like a <laughs> like a Macy's. McAlpin's, yes. Um, but wait, when did Grammy get her ears pierced? They never were. What? They were clip-ons. She always wore. No, she did get her ears yeah. pierced. Yeah. Uh, that was probably after Pa died. Because <laughs> <laughs> only floozies got their ears pierced, according to my father. Okay, Um, at one point Rizzo says, this goody two-shoes makes me want to barf. I like that. (laughs) And then a musical number happens where Rizzo sings, look at me, I'm Sandra D," making fun of Sandy because she, Sandy, because she's square. Yeah. She's vanilla. Extremely vanilla. And she says, are you making fun of me, Riz? And so, of course, the T-Birds know where the slumber party is, so they show up, and they're calling for Sandy, Sandy but Rizzo goes, hey, I'm going my kicks where I can. So she climbs down the trellis, and she starts to leave with all the T-Birds. Danny yeah. gets, But didn't Danny get out of the car and start to walk away? Yeah, because yeah, he didn't want to be with her. Yeah, and then... Um, Which, I'm sorry, but I have a small question. Mm-hmm. We never really talked about if... Did Danny and Rizzo date? Or was Rizzo just, like, all head over heels for Danny? I think Rizzo... he was not into her. Well, no, he made a I comment didn't. about he wasn't into sloppy seconds. and Ah, uh, because she was... Okay. Yeah, yeah and she was with... Ka- Kaniki. Mm-hmm. And that was something that really cut her to the quick. But I feel like Danny was the leader, and so she really would would have... She would have rather been with him. Yes. yes. That's what I think. I and think Kaniki was a sloppy second, truth be told. Also, Danny leaves because he, Sandra's there, and he doesn't... Um, he gets all like weird about it. He's like, I, I don't want any part of this now. It's just weird. Because it's his worlds mm-hmm. were colliding, you know? Yes, Sandra yes. knows him yeah. as this nerdy, you know, guy. And his friends, he's with his boys, and he's got to be the cool guy, the T-bird. He's the greaser. 
So at this point, Sandy sings Hopelessly Devoted. Which she sings it remarkably well. Considering oh, great. She, she's heartbroken. But then she throws the letter into the um into a kiddie pool. <laughs> yes. In the fall. Cause you know. <laughs> oh. Um, nerd alert about hopelessly devoted. It wasn't part of the original movie. Mm. They added it afterwards because they wanted her to have a ballad. I oh. I didn't know it after production and um oh, film that. That does make oh, sense. Oh, well thank God they added it. Yeah. It's a great song and it really showcased Olivia Newton-John. I was like, "Oh, wow, she's a really good singer." Yeah, she was. She still is, probably. She's been through a lot. She has. Okay, well, next we see the T-Birds, and they're working on, on a, a car that is Kanicki's. He got this car, and it's a mess. What are, what are you laughing at, Is Aaron? this the greased lightning? I th Yes. <laughs> Take are it away, girl. <laughs> now... I can't tell you how many times I've listened to this soundtrack. I used to have my Barbies act out this movie. I'd sing all the songs. And it wasn't until two nights ago watching this movie, I thought um, they were making all the girls scream. But apparently, they're making all the girls queen. Oh, my God. Am I allowed to say that? Are you going to have to bleep that out? No. no. You're, you're allowed to say it. We, we don't we, beep anything out. Adam had to point it out to me. <laughs> and then I had to Google it. I look up the lyrics. Oh, my poor little teeny and her Barbie dolls. That's awful. Well, in fairness, I'm pretty sure that all of the times, because the, the one of the guys, I'll get to it later, but he wrote a school version of it. So anytime that we saw it in school or they were doing it, I'm sure that that was that they they changed it to scream. You you guys saw the movie before I did and you were texting about it. You didn't say what it was, but you were just like, they're not saying scream. They're not screaming. And then I watched it and still my subtitles are still on. I, I just like I left it on. And when it got to this, I saw I saw in the subtitle, it was right there. And I go, oh my God, that's not scream. It's not scream. They're not screaming. They forgot an S. Yep. Yeah. A simple little S. Well, yes. <clears throat> They're in high school. Yeah, really. Man, those post-war years, everyone just grew up real fast during the war. But, yeah. Don't you imagine the censors thought it was Scream the whole time? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was PG, right? The movie? Oh, yeah. I don't even know. Okay. Well, then we go to the pop shop, the, the soda place, the malt store. And um, Sandy is there with a football dude, Tom. And she wants some money for the jukebox. Well, the 
T-Birds come in and Danny sees her with a football star. Mm. And he goes over to talk to her and, and he tried to explain why he was so weird when they remet again. And, and he was explaining he had to have, you know, he had to keep up his image and she disses him. She just, and um, she says, he's a, Tom is an athlete. So uh, you, and, and Tanny goes, well, I can be an athlete too. So there is a funny thing where um, he tries to become an athlete. But yeah. he has anger issues that get in the way. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a whole funny thing with the coach and him trying out for all different kinds of. However, when he was um, being a gymnast, his shorts were pulled up way too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh they were, it's, it's every, everyone saw Travolta, <laughs> and I'm thinking there might have been a sock left over in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then... Um, oh, by the way, it was PG when it was released. So, that's, I mean, not even 13. No. Wow. The 70s, man. <laughs> Gave zero fucks about the children. I guess. I, well, the last... Um, he tried out for gymnastics... Basketball, wrestling, baseball, track, cross country. And the last thing he tried out for was running around the track. And he starts to go over the hurdles rather well. That's not yeah, easy. Yeah, I know. Right? For the first time. But then he falls and she runs to him and then they're back together. And he takes her to the malt shop and Rizzo and Kaniki show up. And then all the T Birds and the Pink Ladies show. And. Oh, she says in front of everybody, my parents invited you over for tea. Hi, man. Yeah. I mean, even she couldn't read a room, obviously. Yeah. Right. Um, so then everybody leaves. Sandy and Danny leave. And then Frenchie and Vi have a talk. And she says that she, oh, didn't she have a scarf on her head at that point? Because she had messed up her yes. hair color. And so she's going to, she, she sings beauty school dropout and in beauty school dropout, the angel appears. Frankie angel. Avalon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Teen angel appears and it has been an hour. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You guys have anything to add? Um, no, I guess we'll get to it. Okay. Do you have anything to add, Christine? Um, no, I guess we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. So, POC count, did somebody see a person of color? Okay. Yes, and he comes in an, an hour and two minutes. Yes. He's... Is Go that? On. I think I backed it up a couple times to see if I did see a person. Was that coming out of oh, the school? He's like a... No, he's like a main, well, not a main character. He's not a main character at all, but he's the lead of the band for when they're on the show. Yeah, the National oh. Bandstand. He was there. He's a singer. Oh. Now, I have, I cannot prove it, but I thought that maybe one of the trombone players was a black guy, but I, I kept rewinding it and going frame by frame, and I couldn't tell, But I, so yeah. I wrote it down. 
And then, okay. so there's definitely the one guy. I was scouring all the background, and then it occurred to me this morning, I was like, well, wait a second, what about Cha-Cha? The, yeah. Oh, yes, true. So I was, I, she's oh. American, but I don't know of what descent. But her name was Cha-Cha, yeah. so I sort of, I put her down. Well done. Yeah. So, she seems to be very good at like salsa type dancing. Yes. She did indeed. It, indeed. I, I did have a, a Puerto Rican sort of Latino vibe kind of going on with that. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So I, that would put Mike, I'll cross out the trombone player and I will say two. Okay. Okay. I Possibly feel good about three. Okay. I mean, not that there was only two, but I feel good about that the, the, uh, final answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was surprised by how uh, non-ethnic this movie about like greasers and olive-skinned people was. was yes, I was like, wow. This... Well, they were Italian. <laughs> yeah. So, so if the if the people at the high school did a person of color count, they would probably have it pretty high for the. Italians, because th that was considered people of color. At yeah, I mean, I thought yeah. for sure when the football team started coming out that there was going to be at least one guy, but no, which might explain the football team's record. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might want to work on that. Okay, we're to nerd alerts. Aaron has done a couple. I did one. Do you have more? I've got more. Do you have any, Christine? No, no nerd alerts here. Okay. So, um, Jim Jacobs, he wrote a school version oh. which eliminated cigarettes, alcohol, bad language, Rizzo's pregnancy, and some of the songs were changed. So, in oh, Grease Lightning, they probably were screaming. The girls and, were screaming in that yes. yeah, rendition. Um, Lorenzo Lamas dyed his hair blonde because I had no idea that was him. I still didn't know which one he was. He he's the quarter the the guy that she he gets was the Tom? money from. Yes. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, I already did the from here to attorney. Okay, so Alan Carr, before the film was released, made a deal with Pepsi, and when they were shooting the scenes. At Frosty's Palace, which was that the show, the soda shop place, there's Coca-Cola signage everywhere, and they, uh, and so Alan was like, "Well, Pepsi's giving us a whole lot of money. We can't release this movie with a whole bunch of Coca-Cola classic signs up here." He's like, "You either have to." He told the director, "You have to reshoot it or figure something else out," and it was going to cost way too much money to refilm it. So they used optical mats to cover or blur the images and there's one red cooler with i think with the logo that they just couldn't do anything about and Allegar was just like just leave it in and hopefully either pepsi doesn't notice it or they don't complain about it and they didn't complain about it wow um i also noticed a lot they must have had to deal with firestone because mm. on their cars, they all have Firestone stickers and uh, and their windows. And then in the body shop, there was like a big Firestone banner. Oh, good call. I did she not did, research. She did want to be in this movie, remember? I, I, I did. How many times have you seen it, do you think? 
Oh, a million. I could tell you every... I, <laughs> my, but we didn't even get to talk about my favorite song, which is Rizzo's Ballad. Oh, okay. Well, all right. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get, we'll to, get it. to it. Um, That's okay. There's an editing error. So an editing error at the end of the film when San, San, Sandy and Danny kiss, it was got accidentally removed from the finished print. And it was lost in the theatrical release because all they had left was a black and white print of it. So this is when when you would cut a film, you literally cut the film and something happened where that scene got taken out. And when they went to go put it back in, it was lost and there was just the black and white was left. And so then they tried to colorize it and it didn't look right. Um, But in the... 40th anniversary home edition they have the scene and then the director for the 50th anniversary in 2028 he definitely wants to put that back in and he feels pretty hopeful based on just the technology that's happened that they can colorize it appropriately i feel like that's a pretty good possibility mm-hmm. christmas present in 2028 for christine <laughs> And okay, the the song when Stalker Channy is singing "Look at Me, I'm Sandra D." Mm-hmm. The original song has a reference to Sal Minio, but he was murdered in 1976. So they cut it and they put in Elvis Presley. And the day that this scene was shot, Elvis Presley died. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. We talked about Salminio when we did Imitation. No, no Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. Wow. Yikes. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, ah, fuck it. We'll roll with it. Those are my nerd alerts. Okay. <clears throat> Reheatables. <laughs> my negative ones. I'm going to go, then Tina can go, then Aaron can go, if that's okay. 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 So my negative, um, I remember the greasy hair because my brother would put grill, grill cream in his um, comb. What What was it that, that you called that, that haircut when it stood up? The pompadour? Uh, no, 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 no. He wasn't that cool. The flat A top? flat top. Ah. Yeah. And, and then he would use my comb to comb his hair, and that stuff was stuck. Oh, that was so gross. I already said freaking A because we all know it's fucking A. Uh, his <laughs> shorts that were way too, way too, way. Uh, all the girls having to wait around at the dance to to, uh, to for a guy to ask them to dance. They couldn't get there. Yeah. Um, Stockard Channing Tatum O'Neill was 33. And, oh, the geek bashing. They, they the bullying? Yeah. <laughs> the assaults? Yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Okay. Those were my those were my negatives. There are more, but those are mine. Okay. Well, mine, we talked about the guy hanging in the background of the pep rally. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally wrote POC count zero, but now we are at two. But still. Yeah. Um, the chicks will scream. <laughs> and high school. Uh, we briefly touched on when she said, 
I think there's more to a girl than just fat. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. yeah. She, I mean, she, she wasn't just uh, fat at all. She wasn't fat. She was just average. Um, she could not wear so, those black pants, though. Right. No. Yeah, true. you would have seen it all. Um, when they were doing the dance, the guy, I can't remember his name, but he was the um, announcer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was and, like Dick Clark. Yeah, and so he kept hitting on the one girl yeah. from the yeah. Pink Lady. And he said, do you folks know, know I come into your room every night over KZAZ? He was... And she was in high school. Yeah. 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 But she, then, she also... But- she also that was uncomfortable, but then she liked the attention, and she makes some sort of comment about she mentioned something about a cherry, and the guy was yeah, just yeah, like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." She, yeah, she said, "It's maraschino, like the cherry." That was yes, yeah. that's right. Yes. Um, and then just smoking was so cool, and in the end, Sandy ended up taking sm- taking up smoking for Danny <laughs> to like her. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Sandy yeah. just completely changed everything about herself for a man. Yeah. Also, um, Cha Cha's outfit for the dance that would never be allowed at a high school dance. <laughs> and plus, how old was Cha Cha? Come on, uh, she yeah. was forty. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> and I don't know why I wrote this down or where this fits under, but I have a quote that just says, "Nobody's jugs are bigger than Annette's." <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was at the beginning in the, um, yeah, because yeah, when they were talking about the new girl, and he was like, oh, does she have yes. jugs? He's like, nobody has yeah. jugs bigger than Annette. Yep. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, although that was true. They were big. Who was yeah. in Annette Funicella? Or in- yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why they wanted to see her in Beach Blanket Bingo. It wasn't her acting. Oh, I get it now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. My bad reheatables would be where are the parents? Sandy goes to the high school the first day of school. She hasn't registered yet. She just shows I up. I mean, come on. And her parents aren't there to register her? And nobody's like, where's your guardian to. Don't you need a, a legal guardian to register for school? Probably not back then. The only time they mention parents is when they're having the sleepover. Right. And they're like, my parents will kill me. Which by the way, but also they were all smoking in the room. Yes, and it was fine. Exactly. And they only closed the door when they went to open the wine. Then yeah. when they were like opening their wine, they're like, "Oh, we better close the door for this." Because the parents were downstairs on their fifth martinis, and, and they were also smoking. So they their second they pack smoking. of cigarettes themselves. Exactly. I was just like, "Wow!" And then I thought it was funny that they had one bottle of, albeit dessert wine. And that was going to, like, get all five of them drunk? I was like, no. Well, yeah, it's high school. <sighs> uh, and then when we talked about second pair of, or a second pack of cigarettes, when Danny was going to try out for all those sports, he was like, yeah, maybe cut it down to two packs a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. To a high schooler. High, yep, to a high schooler. Um, well, the whole kind of premise of the movie doesn't reheat well because 
in today's day and age, Sandy would have known about Danny's uh, T-Bird ways because I'm yeah. sure it would be on social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, then and when, like, there's no way she would have not known that they were going to be at the same school. Right, because exactly. they would have texted yeah. and communicated somehow. Yeah, and a new blonde Aussie girl is coming in. You know, that went through the school mm-hmm. like wildfire. Yeah. And one of the T-Birds has a water gun. That he brings it to school, and then there's a scene where where they're gonna like rumble with the scorpions, and Kaniki like switches up his switchblade, and yeah. then the guy has his water gun, and I'm like, this guy's bringing a water gun to a knife fight. That was that also, was. Also, when they go to do the um, the race against the the scorpions, the shop teacher. Or like the car, she goes and she's helping them. Yep, it's like yeah. the teacher is helping them in this illegal street race. Yes, yeah. Um, and then one that's really a bad reheatable upon this week in particular when they're at their drive-in and John Travolta sneezes on Sandy. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And they were all in groups of more than 10 people, the whole movie. The whole movie. It's just, what are you guys doing? So those were my negative reheatables. Okay. Um, Some of my positive reheatables are are really negative, but it's like like banging erasers was going to be a huge punishment for greasers. I mean... These guys are talking about <laughs> girls who aren't screaming and banging erasers was going to be the thing that. Yeah. You know, that was a thing, right? Banging yeah. erasers on the on the brick wall. Uh, Sid Caesar is always a positive. Um, threatened. F-B-T. I wonder what that meant. F-B. Threatened. <laughs> F-B-T. Don't know what that means. Uh, oh, when, when Sandy is going to leave the drive-in and he goes, you can't walk out of a drive-in because mm-hmm. drive-ins are funny. But you can when somebody sneezes on you. Well, that's not why she was leaving him. She was leaving him because he was trying to at th- force her a Me Too mo- moment. At that, that point, that's it. why. <laughs> um, I did love the spinning blades on the... Um, hot rod because mm-hmm. it reminded me of the ben of ben hur and the chariot race oh yeah yeah i think and, that was adam's favorite part of the movie it was that hot rod that would like the fire would come out of when he mm-hmm, drove away mm-hmm. i uh, and he made it to the end he made it to the end i'm really proud of him I and mean, i we don't have very many rooms to go to so. <laughs> I like that the end was a it was it was a negative reheatable because she changed her whole life for a dude, but at least it was the girl changing her life instead of it's always the bad boy who changes his life. But I pointed this out too. She's changing her life, but she said that you better get your act together. The whole point of that song mm-hmm. was like you better get your act together if you want to be with me. That's yeah. right. So she was telling him they kind of met in the middle. Yes, because look what you're going to do with that. She says, excuse me, this is me. You better shape up. (laughs) Yeah, you better shape up. Yeah. Everybody has to change a little bit. Yes. Yes. 
no matter how painful that is. Okay. Um, Tini, your positive reheatables? Well, John Travolta's <laughs> dance moves. Yeah, he he is a good dancer. Specifically, his, yes, yes. Yeah, they never get old. Um, the gossip spreading so fast still holds up today. And it was yes. a great scene because in the background, she's walking in the foreground. The camera's yep. doing like a dolly shot and it's you're just seeing how the news is spreading and then it all yeah. comes yep. into one shot. This movie is underrated as just far as filmmaking. It's visual yep. storytelling. Oh, well done. And you question the sleepovers, but I thought the sleepovers were a good reheatable. Like, people still do that. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron and they're probably still drinking nasty wine. (laughs) And then I said Rizzo style, great reheatable. Yeah, I still want to be her. Yeah, she she looked good in whatever she had on. And the Thunderbird, like the T Birds. I don't know the the T Birds. They look good the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember a negative reheatable in the beginning when they're doing the credit sequence. Stalker Channing's portrait is an abomination. Yeah, but it did yeah, emphasize. Yeah, that one wasn't good. Yeah, it did emphasize her because I worked with somebody who looked just like her. Had that jaw thing going mm-hmm. on. Okay, my good reheatables. Uh, what's her face's voice? Olivia Newton-John's voice. Yes. Just yes. I, I was like, wow. I when it was the hopelessly devoted to you, I really noticed it, and then oh, I was like, yeah. My second, John Travolta, specifically his hips. Yeah, great oh, reheatable. Yeah. Hips don't lie. They do not. <laughs> um, Stalker Channing, I I just even though she was a full blown woman, she's yeah. great in this. She is. She is. I think the best reheatable is the song at the end. You're the one that I want. It's yeah, that's a banger. You could yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the whole soundtrack is a great reheatable. I think I do too. I was like, oh wow, there are a lot of great songs, but specifically that song. That's a great pop song. It's yeah. classic. Mm-hmm. It still is, yeah. And especially after the. I honestly love you, Olivia Newton-John belting it out. When I watched it this time, after seeing that scene, her voice and in the song, I I got goosebumps. I'm like, man, what a great vocal performance mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. great pop song. Man. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well, my MVP <clears throat> is... The teacher who goes in the first day of school and says, how many days to a Christmas vacation? That's the shop teacher. That's the auto body lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My MVP, we all know who it is. Yes. John Travolta. John Travolta. Oh, Rizzo. Oh, shit. That's a tie. Soccer Chan and John Travolta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Stalker Channing really... She's just so good. Yeah. So good. And you needed that. You needed that hard edge, tardy thing to balance out the sweetness of 
Olivia Newton-John in the beginning. But she's not, yeah. but she also doesn't go full, there's layers to it. It's just not full oh, yeah. tart yes. meanness. You also see her song. Exactly. Or, what's it called? I could never do that or there are worse things I could do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Gives her, I'm glad they kept that in there. It makes you see she has a heart. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But great performance all around. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. My MVP is the cinematography. Oh, well done. I was just, I was blown away. That, and when I looked and I saw, like, oh, this guy worked on Deliverance and The Godfather, and then he shot all these movies, I was like, yeah, this guy knows what he's fucking doing. Yeah, Deliverance. Oi. Oi. Yeah, your puppy and my first date was to see Deliverance. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, not that. Mm-hmm. Okay, recasting. So I says to your poppy, is it like even okay to do a black cast with this subject matter? And he said, as he does frequently, so I didn't, I couldn't find a Danny. I have, I have um, Sandy, I have Zendaya. Oh, and Rizzo, I have Lizzo. I knew you were gonna do Lizzo as Rizzo. <laughs> yes, that's good. And then I have a white cast. Do you want me to do that now or later? You can go ahead. Proceed. Go for okay. it now. Okay. Well, my I'm gonna start with my Rizzo. So I know that Rosie O'Donnell played Rizzo on stage Mm -hmm. on Broadway. So I did 80 Bryant. Mm. And my Sandy is Taylor Swift. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good Sandy. So if Sandy is Taylor Swift, I did Danny as Joe Jonas. Oh. Oh. Oh, a friend suggested Nick Jonas, but I thought with Taylor Swift, let's put Joe in there. Oh. That's my recasting. Those are, I only did those three people. Hmm, nice. Teeny, do you I would only put, uh, no, I would only put myself as Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You could pull it off. You got the attitude. And that's it. That's your recasting. That's hilarious. That's all for me. And I would keep John Travolta as of course, Danny. Of course. Only Maybe I know. Maybe I have John Travolta play Kaniki in this version. So the, oh, I was gonna, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say in your version. As a hickey from Kaniki. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because you, nerd alert, those hickeys were real. Oh, are they? Oh, my yeah. God. That's what yeah. Dr. Channing said. Yeah, Jeff Conway, he she insisted. said, I want real ones. And so he gave her real ones. Yep. Okay. Because <clears throat> in Tini's version, she would have Rizzo and John Travolta getting together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Aaron. I did a 1959 cast. Oh. Because that's when the movie was supposed to take place. But then it, it just kind of made me laugh so for Dan or I'll, I'll go backwards um for Kaniki 
I have Kurt Douglas. Yeah. For Rizzo, I have Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Mm. For Sandra, I have Doris Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And my my daddy, Zuko, is Tony Curtis. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he could do that. Uh-huh. I thought you were going to go with Rock Hudson, but yeah, Tony Curtis no, is way better. Tony Curtis, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> truthfully, you know, the, the cast they had was the best. Yeah, and it's been redone so many times, but I do feel like John Travolta, because he... He had this, the great mixture of being like, yeah, I'm the cool guy, but then also being believable as the nerdy guy that Sandy would be into. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, because you see it when he first sees Sandy, mm-hmm. he's back to Sandy, yeah. and then he's got to be all oh, cool. Hey, hey, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're to Tasty Nuggets. And I have that this was filmed at Venice High School. Yes. And that during the dance contest, they didn't have air conditioning. Oh, they didn't have air conditioning. They had to keep the doors closed because of the light. Mm-hmm. Lighting, yes. It was stifling. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just, you're you're okay, right? No, sneezing, sneezing is not part of the uh, is not one of the symptoms. So you're good. And I'm not there, so I'm fine. <laughs> you didn't sneeze on us. Yeah. Might have sneezed on Tommy, but you didn't sneeze on us. Um, Elvis turned down. They wanted Elvis to be the Frankie Avalon um, teen angel Mm -hmm. and he turned it down and then he died so yeah thank god (laughs) and henry he turned it down not die (laughs) (laughs) they would have had to find somebody else anyway exactly and henry winkler turned down being danny i wondered about henry winkler because he was the fonz at that point right yeah he was and that was yeah truth be told he's too short to play I, well, anyway, to Tom Cruise. Because yeah, because I did nerd alert hear that um, Jeff Conaway, like John Travolta was maybe six one and a half, mm-hmm. and John uh, the Conaway dude Kanicki was six one, and he had to um, scrunch down a lot oh. so that so that John Travolta was noticeably taller than him. Oh, interesting. So that didn't help his back issues. Um, oh, I do have a tasty nugget. Lucy Arnaz, um, they they thought of her for Rizzo, but oh. they wanted her to do a screen test. And her mother said, I used to own that studio. My daughter will not do a screen test. And oh. so we wow. got Stockard Channing Tatum O'Neill instead. Well, I think Lucy would not have been as good. I agree. He would have been as good as Jan. Yeah. Yeah, but not Maybe. definitely. She didn't. She, I, I don't know. I don't know her acting talent, but I don't feel like she had the edge that 
Stalker Channing had. Well, also Stalker Channing had, she was 33, so she brought experience. Uh, yes, she did. Uh, uh, you know, she she was able to convey that other world maturity because she was. <laughs> she was. <laughs> okay, those are my tasty nuggets. There were more, but I stopped. Okay, I have some that I hope I don't repeat because we had some of the same. Okay. It's okay if you repeat. Um, but Maria Osmond was maybe going to be Sandy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and Grease Lightning was supposed to be sung by not John Travolta, the other guy. Kaniki? But Jeff Conaway. Yeah. Huh. Um, Olivia Newton-John had to be sewn into her pants, those spandex pants from the end. Oh, yeah, because they were tight. The zipper broke. And so every day that, that she had to be sewed into those. And she said she had to be really careful what she ate and drank to be able to get into it. And it was 106 degrees on set for the yes. finale. Wow. Those are mine. Well done. Um, my So the the guy that wrote the, uh, the Grease play, one of those Jacobs people, I think... Uh, yeah, Jim Jacobs. He said it in William Howard Taft High School in Chicago because that's where he went to school. Oh, so, okay. But I'm sure like uh, different people had their hands in it and blah, blah, blah. The song Hopelessly Devoted to You was nominated for an Academy Award and it lost to Donna Summers' Last Dance from the movie Thank God It's Friday. Wow. Mm-hmm. And in addition to Marie Osmond, Susan Day and Anne Margaret were also mentioned to play Sandra. And what, I thought I read that um, the originator really wanted it to be Elvis and and Anne Margaret playing Danny. And am I oh, wrong about that? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But, but boy, he was too over the hill. Yeah, he was like My really God. bloated by then. I yeah. thought. Um, but Olivia Newton-John, she she took less money in order to have a star billing, and she met she met I think she met Alan Carr at a house party that was thrown by fellow Australian expatriate Helen Redding. Oh, they were friends because they had this similar kind of thing. Drink people. <laughs> and that's where they met. And that's where the whole idea was. Like, oh, man, you're a fantastic singer. How about Sandy? And so she insisted because she was going to be older. So she did a screen test to show that she could pull off being a, a high school student. Could. And they had to rewrite the part because in the original, Sandy has a Polish last name. And so unlike all of the Australian actors and actresses working now who do flawless American accents, Olivia Newton-John couldn't do one. So that's why they rewrote it that she was Australian so they didn't have to worry about her accent. It worked out well. Um. So you're right, Ma. It was shot Venice High School, also 
Burbank Pickwick Drive-In, and that was torn down in 1989. Oh, That's... Because th- when I'm watching this movie, there was so much L.A. stuff where I'm just like, this is uh. L.A., this is L.A. Like, the L.A. River, that was shot between the 1st and 7th Street Bridges. The carnival, like, for the final scene, mm-hmm. I'm just like... That whole that's Los Angeles there in the background. There's no way around it. Um, that was shot at John Marshall High School. The Frosty's place that was on the Paramount Studio lot. Uh, and hence why Lucille Ball was like, I built that studio. Yeah. <laughs> I own that place. I own it. This was the highest grossing music the highest grossing movie musical. It surpassed the sound of music. And then Ooh. in 2000... In my heart as well. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. In the okay. in the Christine Cannon. And then in 2012, it was surpassed by Les Miserables. And then in 2017, Beauty and the Beast took the mantle. And then in 2020, it will be surpassed by Hamilton. Is it coming out in 2020? Well, maybe 21. I don't know. We'll see. Everything's up in the air. Um, and yeah, those were my, those were my, oh, and a lot of the people in this film, like John Travolta, Jeff Conway, um, some of the ladies in the pink ladies group, they were all understudies or in the original Broadway production. Yeah. And there was one person, I don't know who it was, that was in every single production of Greece, that might not be accurate. It was something like that. Yeah, it was one of the pink ladies that was always in it. Frenchie reminded me so much of Adrienne in Rocky. Her voice, I I checked to see, but they weren't the same person. Yeah, no, they weren't. They were not. And Frenchie's, oh, you know what? A good reheatable that I just thought of is Frenchie's when she messes up the her hair and it's super pink, that's people pay big money to have their hair that color. I know, pink. yeah. yeah. I, yeah. So many of my employees have their hair like that. Mm-hmm. And Vi in that scene was Joan Blondell, and she was quite a big person in the fifties and sixties. In, uh, she was in, I think she was on Broadway, and she was in film and um, then television. Oh. Nice. So there was that. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Christine, for picking Grease. Thank you for having me and allowing me to pick. Well, I have a question for Christine. What is your favorite or top three favorite parts of this movie? Good. <gasps> okay. Drink. Okay, let me drink and think. Drink and think. Rizzo's song. I think that they cut that. The worst thing I could do. They cut that from school productions and stuff. Well, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, the dance number at the end. The hand jive. Yes. together, like Ramalamalama. Oh. Yeah. And the hand jive is actually one of my top favorite scenes. I think that's the, the whole dance number when they're um, like on TV is so fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
It it's it yeah, it's fun. It's hey, you're stuck at home. Yeah. I didn't I saw it and it was funny how I was like, oh I didn't realize the whole story of it. Have you ever seen a movie where you've seen it before and then you watch it again and you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that. I didn't realize that Danny and Sandy had had a relationship before. And there was that. I thought that it was just she was the new girl. Oh, okay. And Mm. yeah, I really didn't realize all of that. And it was, I thought it was also interesting how much of the other characters got inner, like their stories were also told. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the beauty mm-hmm. school dropout. And Weren't you really, really relieved when Rizzo wasn't pregnant? I was so relieved. Oh, yeah. So I know. Relieved. Also, I, can I talk about one of my least favorite scenes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Beauty school dropout never hits for me. Mm-hmm. I did not enjoy it. just bores me. And then Adam, like, that's the only song he could remember in the beginning <laughs> was Beauty School Dropout. And then I, he was like, oh, did they sing Beauty School Dropout yet? And I was like, yeah, you were on your phone. Like, we just automatically, like, didn't watch yeah. that. The whole thing played. Like, it just is kind of boring. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I totally heard it as in a high school production, you know, that somebody else got a chance to shine for a minute. But it, it was one of those scenes that it, it, it could have been left out. Yeah. yeah. You know what I liked about the movie is that when I was watching it, I thought to myself, because this could be controversial, but thankfully I don't remember seeing a lot of stage productions of Greece in my life. So I know I only know it basically through the movie. Through the movie, yeah. And yeah. just thinking of like how do they do these scenes in the musical? Um and that's what made me think like wow, this was a really good movie musical because it I think there are some musicals where I've seen and I, it came from the stage and I can totally see it on the stage because they right. basically they just filmed it. But this was so visual that I was like, how do high schools do this? Like, how do high schools do the car race? <laughs> you know, you you, you yeah. haven't been to a high school musical. Yeah, you? and that's what well, I was let saying. Me tell you, one of my one of my managers is here's I'm sorry if this is a rant that's too long. He's a um I don't know what he does. He does something behind the scenes and he's in his late twenties, but he like sound production or Mm -hmm. light or something like Mm -hmm. that. And twice a year, this high school in New York city pays him like good money. And it's for an entire month. He only can only work until like two or two 30 because he has these productions and he was showing, they did hairspray this year and he was showing me some of the pictures and it's $80,000 production. For a wow. high school. Wow. hmm Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Because then our um, <clears throat> our area high schools, whatever drama they do, it goes to the Kennedy Center for it's some kind of awards for high school productions. And they have them at the Kennedy Center. I mean, it's huge. That's prestigious. <clears throat> yeah. It's big business. I mean, you have to pay a lot to just buy the book. Yep. And then 
I mean, I remember our, um, when I was in high school, we had an auditorium built and, you know, to be able to run the lights and everything. I mean, that was huge. So there were. Fun fact about me. I was in Bye Bye Birdie. (gasps) Who were you in Bye Bye Birdie? Well, I was in the pit. Oh. But I was in Jesus Christ Superstar. And I played a leper and a disciple. Range. Mm -hmm. I was in Rebel Without a Cause. Oh. Who were you in Rebel? The housekeeper? The (laughs) grim. Grandma. (laughs) I was in Camelot in uh, in the chorus. I was in Annie Get Your Gun as the chorus. I was in, wait, Music Man. I was a Piccadilly lady. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there. I was a thespian. I was a jock. Yeah, you were. Yeah. You were a five foot on a good day jock. jock. Because, but excuse me, what other, what roles were there for me to play? Yeah, like it's, I, true. it's not like I saw myself in. Now, if they had done a stage version of Jumpin' Jack Flash, I'm in. Wait, our uh, Hayfield High School did. Wait, what was it? The one where. Um... Did they do Porgy and Best? No, they didn't do our nemesis, but they did one where it it was a whole, a, a whole group of black people and there was you were in that no no it was Aaron's Aaron and Adams high school there was one person of color in in the in the whole cast and then there was uh, an Asian girl yeah but they tried to pull it off was it Hamilton no it wasn't Hamilton it was like a hairspray or was it hairspray dream girls was what? it Dream Girls? No, but oh. wasn't Hairspray where where all the kids had to had to never mind. It's a rant. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that is Greece for this episode. And next week we're going back to 1944. 1944. Christine, you're invited to join us if you want. What are we going to be discussing? Well, I I always let Erin try to guess. Yeah, I like she to try to guess. guess. 1944. Schindler's List. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Oh, you're but 50 I years did, off. <laughs> see, because I've been watching Hunters, and so I'm so in that area. But but no. Is it Charlotte Nuremberg? No. Judgment at Nuremberg? <gasps> We're going to have to do that sometime. I know. Oh, that's so good. Okay, no. It's not. It's a it's a um dark what is it called? Dark. <laughs> I, I, I haven't guessed your movie yet, so I can't I can't tell okay. you what it's called. Um a film, a film noir? noir. It's a total film noir. <sighs> 1944. It's directed by Otto Preminger. Oh, we haven't really done any auto premature. Right, is it anatomy? You. No, it's not anatomy of murder. It is not. Because I was like in the 50s. Auto- oh, I know what it is. It's Laura. Yeah, yeah, 
I've been saying it. <clears throat> so it it's is what? Laura. It's a murder mystery. Oh, I could be into that. Yeah. And it's total film noir. And I, I remember in high school coming in and it was like on TV and coming in in the middle of it and being just, oh my gosh. Riveted is, by it? Yeah. So I get Laura and Rebecca confused. I've seen yeah. Rebecca. I don't think I've seen Laura. I know. Laura has a has a whole different slant on it than what you're expecting. Interesting. Who's in it? Do you know who's in it? Gene Tierney. Oh. And we've done a couple Gene Tierney, but Have Vincent we? Price. Vincent Price. Wasn't he uh, uh, a creepy kind of guy? This was before creepy because he's, he's, he's her love interest. And wait. I think. And Dana Andrews is the detective. And a we haven't woman? done I don't remember Dana is Andrews. Dana Andrews a man or a woman? A man. A man. Jean Tierney, I don't remember what we've done, but I know that she was big time. Yeah. And wait, was she the one who got um like her kids got messed up because she was at the canteen, the Hollywood canteen, and somebody had rubella or something and she was pregnant remember there was a star and she was pregnant during world war ii and they would go down the hollywood canteen and they had to see her i forget who it was but somebody was pregnant they hugged her and they shouldn't have and her oh, wow. kid ended up being severely uh like handicapped and Oh, disabled. Yeah, had to be, you know, kind of institutionalized. Wow. Um, I don't know. Was G was Jean Tierney F Miracle on 42nd Street? No, that's Maureen O'Sullivan. Oh, okay. Because that's the book I'm still reading. Oh, how is it? It's, You'll have to, it's, if we get to go to the beach. It's, it's fantastic. But. You can bring it to the beach. Okay, well, next week is 1944's Laura. Our first Otto Preminger, I think. It It is her. In 1943, while pregnant with Daria, Tierney contracted rubella, German measles, likely from an ill fan with the disease. The daughter was born prematurely in Washington, D.C., weighing three pounds and two ounces and requiring a blood transfusion. The rubella caused congenital damage. Daria was deaf, partially blind with cataracts, and severely uh, mentally disabled. She yeah, was institutionalized yeah. for much of her life. This entire of course incident they were German measles. was the inspiration for a plot point in the 1962 Agatha Christie novel, The Mirror Cracked from Side to Side. Ooh. Ooh, I should read that. I like that. Yeah, we're going to have to have that one. The Mirror Cracked. Okay. <clears throat> Well, listeners, thank you. Um, I don't think anybody got tipsy on my <gasps> this week, but maybe next week. There's always, and next week seems to be like Grease is in a <gasps> kind of movie, but Laura does sound like a <gasps> yeah, kind of movie. Could be. So we'll see you back. We hope Christine joins us. Mm -hmm. And there you go. I have lots of time at home for the next week. So. <laughs> Excellent. As it should be. Bye. Bye.